NFL Time Machine, an Old Souls Football Podcast, Episode 1. Neil and I relive the 2003 ASU Championship game. What led up to it? How did it shape the narrative around the Brady-Manning debate? We cover all that, plus we take a look at this weekend's title games. All that next. Two thousand three was a fucking crazy season. So we're gonna we're, we're gonna eventually get to the two thousand three AFC Championship game. Colts, Patriots, basically the de facto Super Bowl. The NFC really wasn't that good. You had a weird Panthers team, but the whole season, if you liked football, I would argue that outside of maybe like the two thousand seven season where you had the undefeated Patriots, this was the most entertaining year of probably, I would say, like the last 20 years. What would you, what would you say? Yeah, the storylines from that season um, from beginning to end uh, were crazy. You know, we, you were in the the beginning. You didn't know it, but you were in the beginning of a Patriots dynasty, um, even though they kind of looked like one, you know, one-year wonders after 02. Um, and like we said, we'll talk about that a little bit more later, but um, some crazy division races, um, some incredible offenses, some very good defenses. Um, it was a really fun year. Uh, I was only eight years old, but it's a year that I fondly remember. Yep. Yeah, so I'll go through a few uh, little tidbits of what 2003 was. I was 10, fifth grade, but I remember a lot of these. And number one, Season one of The Apprentice comes out in January of 2004. So oh, just yeah. to give you a little bit of perspective, and the most influential guy in the world, Donald Trump probably, That's he really had his first major show on network yeah. TV in January of 2004. The uh, best Madden of all time. Oh, Michael the one Vick. with Michael, Michael Vick on the cover. <laughs> and the, Mad, the fucking Madden curse too, man. He breaks his leg in preseason. So like yeah, that made against it, the Ravens, I remember. <laughs> yeah, that made it all the more real. That yeah. he, he breaks his leg preseason. We're all hyped up about Mike Vick because what he did in the playoffs the year before in Green mm-hmm. Bay. You know, they had that commercial with him on the roller coaster. Yes. Uh, or like the kid <laughs> on the roller coaster with Mike Vick. Going through the Mike Vick experience. But when you're on the cover of the video game, man, it's over. Was he the first? Because... Like Marshall Falk in 02, like he was mad in 03 for the 2002 season. They weren't good, but I don't, was, oh, yeah, I think he did get injured. Uh, he might have gotten injured, but the Rams sucked. And they the went Rams from, were bad. They went from like what, one of the best teams of all time that didn't win a Super Bowl that, to. That's something shit. I want to talk about one day. What, whatever happened to Kurt Warner after 2001? That'll be yeah. a, a show topic someday. Well, Speaking of a storyline, I think, he, like, I didn't write this down in my notes, but wasn't Kurt Warner benched in the 2003 season? He was. Mark Bolger so, came so in. Mark, Mark Bolger replaces a Hall of Fame quarterback. Two years after, not even, not even two full years after winning an MVP. You have Drew Brees and the Chargers. Remember, Hall of Fame quarterback on yeah. the Chargers. Worst record, in the NFL, worst record in the NFL, number one pick. Yeah, and they go on to use that number one pick to draft Eli Manning, who never plays it down. So, I mean, really, the O four draft, if you want to consider that as an extension it's of the extension. season, and that was fucking crazy too. So that was we are we're in the midst of it, man. 
so much entertainment, but you have that situation with the Chargers. Steve Spurrier, head coach of the Redskins, yeah. and it's a total disaster. And they had O two. They had those really awesome spearheaded uniform or helmets. And they went back to the the uh, the the normal Redskin logo, and it just. You know, I think they lost, even though they weren't good in O two. But um, everybody thought he was going to bring the run and gun from the SEC to the NFC East, and it did not work it out at all. Well, it. Also, probably doesn't work out. Who was the quarterback of that team? Like Patrick Ramsey. Patrick Ramsey and yeah, and like Tim Hasselback. Not even yeah, Matt Hasselback. <laughs> hot take. I think that might be why it didn't work too. I mean, I'm just, you I don't even remember who the their receivers were. I, I think I think that was before like Chris Cooley really took off too at tight end. So yeah, because they he signed a bunch like a of guys. Rookie. That might have been why I think they went like on a free agent splurge in the mid two thousands, and they signed a bunch of guys. Oh, like London. Yeah, Fletcher Dan Snyder got pissed off, and he was yeah. like, "I have to, I don't know, because figure London, this mess out." Like on the defensive side of the ball, London Fletcher was a one of those free agent acquisitions. Because wasn't he a yeah. Ram? He was. He was a Ram and through 03 or maybe through 02 yeah. one of those he joined Washington in 03 or 04 I can't remember yeah so but anyway Spurrier's on the Redskins it's a total disaster but it's great television because Spurrier's really interesting I think the college game still misses him like yeah because all these guys now are robots because they're they're basically CEOs the old ball coach won that he, you know, he was great for a soundbite. Oh, I was wrong. Uh, London Fletcher didn't get to Washington till 07. He's he had a stop in Buffalo in between St. Louis and Washington. I would have never. I would. Have I don't even remember that. that. <laughs> and understated. I hadn't even brought this up yet. America's team, with really at that point, America's coach, Bill Parcells, yeah. his first season, the big tuna. Yep, because. You know, the Cowboys, late 90s, early 2000s, were really struggling. They just weren't necessarily winning a lot of games. They had a maybe a playoff appearance in 99, I think. But in 2000 to 2002, they sucked. And yeah. Parcells came in to really turn that whole franchise around in terms of how they draft and develop players. And I would actually argue they're still using a lot of what Parcells taught them about 20 years ago. Yeah, they they had an incredible defense that really came out of nowhere in 03. Um yep. and it it helped too that the the kind of the crazy thing was they ran with Quincy Carter still in 03. Like he was not good uh for like 01 and 02. And uh he turned into a serviceable starter. They got to the playoffs. Yeah. Um You remember Dat Win? Dat. You remember Wynn. him? He was the Vietnamese Vietnamese linebacker. He was really good. He was on the. I remember him on the Cowboys. That was like one of their star players in in the three season. And who um, was uh, their practice squad quarterback that year? <coughs> was Romo on that? Romo, Romo wasn't there yet. What, he was 03? an undrafted free agent in 03, Yeah, which is crazy that somebody that was undrafted would stay on the roster that long before yeah, he even got his shot. You know, Because I mean? he didn't really like, even hit the scene until, what, 06? The middle of 06 uh, when um, Bledsoe got injured. Yeah. And I'll get into it in a little bit when we start talking about the Colts because I'll have my whole diatribe. One thing we, we will learn when we're talking about this era is nowadays we give up on people way too fucking fast. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Like, because you just said it. 
Tony Romo had his coming out party like into his what? That would have been his fourth season. Fourth season. In professional. As football. an undrafted free like yeah. an undrafted free agent now, if <clears throat> yeah. if they're not on an active roster at the end of year three, they're selling insurance. Neil, can you uh can you spell XFL for me? Because that's what would happen. <laughs> I mean, they're they're going to the XFL. The UFL and, actually it's yeah. now. <laughs> oh, yeah. So they combine the USFL with the XFL, right? It's not going to work. <laughs> yeah. You, are you telling me spring football is going to be a failure? <laughs> oh, my God. One, one day, one of these, if the NFL would just lend a helping hand to one of these leagues, it would it would work, I think. But they won't, they'll never do that. Yeah, I agree. But anyways, let's get on with the 03 season. Vikings collapse. My favorite part of this oh. season. <laughs> Because what a fucking ending to the season. Green Bay was not that good in 03. They weren't. They they start by advanced metrics. They were very good, though. They they had a lot of bad luck early on and, and a lot of injuries, too, I think. Chief, right? That Chiefs game was bad where they lost at home. Um, yeah. But, like, it, you know, just to recap to people – you know, towards the end of the season, they started catching fire. A game a lot of people remember is that Raiders game on Monday night. Favre goes crazy. Mm-hmm. But on the flip side... Night after his dad died. Yeah, so Green Bay gets hot at the end, you know, on their way to a 10-6 and six season. The Vikings start off red hot. They're like one of the best teams in the league. 6-1. and 6-1, and one. so through seven games, they win six. They're on their way. They're going to lock up the NFC North, no problem. Until they don't. So down the stretch, they're just not very good. They end up finish were they were were they ten and six as well or nine? No, they were they were nine and seven because it wasn't even like they went from absolutely maybe playing for like a bye in the playoffs to not even getting a wild card. That was a rough like twelve month period too because like the Vikings had this epic collapse that ended with Nate Poole of the Cardinals catching a touchdown pass from Josh McCown, who was a rookie at the time. That last-second touchdown knocks Minnesota out and puts Green Bay in the field. Mm -hmm. Green Bay was out of it because that that Saturday they had the Seahawks winning against San Francisco. And that basically, like, that kind of – most Packer fans were probably like, we're not making it now because all Minnesota has to do – to keep, because I think Dallas was pretty much locked they probably in just already. needed a tie. In all honesty, yeah, Minnesota just has to beat this shitty Cardinals team. Yeah, and that, this was three and twelve. Because this was like right was I, I think Fitzgerald wasn't even there yet. So like they had, there was like just very little going for the Arizona Cardinals. I think maybe yeah. Anquan Bolden. I think Anquan Bolden was a rookie. They so were like, playing in Tempe still, and there was no nobody was coming to games. Probably more Vikings fans at that game than there were Cardinals fans. I think when I said rookie Josh McCown, that should probably give you a clue that this team fucking sucked. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, so uh, anyway, Emmett Smith would have been on that team. All respect to Josh McCown. I'm sure he's going to be a great Houston Texans coach one day, but <laughs> I'm telling you, like th- that got team the was not in Carolina, I think. If they hire Josh McCown, that would be hilarious. Oh, they, I mean, yeah. they hired Dan Morgan, who like did a great job. Like the front office for what the a Panthers, great season really, in two thousand three. Yeah. Oh yeah, Dan Morgan. I actually had his jersey, by the way. He was the coolest looking. I loved like I used to love. I'm still he a was, big fan he, of. He was gritty. Face masks. He was gritty. 
He had an awesome face mask with the Revolution helmet, and he had the dark visor. He looked awesome. And he had, like, I think he had long hair. Like, he was, like, the prototypical, like, when I make my guy in Madden, I want him to look like Dan Morgan. He played it. He played in Miami too, and Miami was so cool back then. Like in my the U, obviously. Yeah. So, you you had all these, uh, but going back but, to the Vikings, uh, they had this epic collapse at the end of the season. Green Bay gets in on the basically the last play of the Viking season. So the, they're playing the Broncos at Lambeau. Green Bay is, and no one in the stands gives a shit of what's throttling going on. them. Yeah, because it's and like thirty. Th- there was no smartphones back then, so yeah. not uh, people couldn't be on their phone like watching yeah. the game. The only way, and like you can see, like I think you, no you NFL red the, zone, no NFL red zone. That I think they took the the score off the out of town scoreboard in Lambeau, so yeah. that the team didn't get distracted during the game. The only way the people in that stadium knew is by the people in the uh, in the suites. Yeah. And they, and they saw they saw a couple people going nuts, and the rest of the crowd figured it out. The team was the last yeah. ones to figure it out. And I think the like, the TV crew specifically focused on Deanna Favre because, like, they were like yeah. Deanna Favre was in her suite because that used to be the thing. And like, so she's in her suite. She was T before T Swift. Yeah. <laughs> well, famous for Green Bay because like, let's yeah, face right. it, I mean, like, all you have to do she was is the first lady of Green Bay. I mean, you could be like Darnell Savage's girlfriend and be famous in Green Bay. But like, <laughs> yeah. so Vikings have this epic collapse. Green Bay gets in after Favre's dad, uh, Favre's dad died like a week or two before. And mm-hmm. he goes out and just plays the game of his life on Monday Night Football. So Green Bay is like on this emotional roller coaster of good, bad, sad, just crazy emotion. But they get in. We also, and this will never happen again, I'm convinced. I'll, I'll ask you. We had co-MVPs in 03. That'll That's never right. happen again. Yeah, no. No, like, never. Not in, not in the Twitter world. Like, we can't agree on shit. Mm-mm. Like, we can't no, agree so, well, on... Yeah. Uh, that, that's... The, uh, I totally forgot about that, actually, because yeah. it was Manning. Yes. And um, it was before Brady had any receivers. Um, not Favre. Um, you want me to tell you? Was it Priest Holmes? No. He, he had an argument, though, because I think Probably he should have bro- been. Well, that was another storyline I'll get to because running backs took over the league in 03. Didn't win the MVP, though. It was a quarterback in the another. same division as Peyton Manning. Derek Carr? No, David Carr? <laughs> no. Dave. Oh, Steve McNair. Steve McNair won the wow. MVP. <laughs> wow. I, I, I actually saw them live. I went to the Titans-Panthers game in 03. And oh, okay. The Titans just ripped them apart. The Titans were so good back then. And... I hate when people, and I have a friend, I won't say his name, but he always just rags on Jeff Fisher. He's a Rams fan. He knows who he mm. is. So when he listens to this, yeah, he's wrong. Before 2008, Jeff Fisher was awesome. Like, he got his teams really far. Now, yeah. was he Bill Belichick and won a bunch of Super Bowls? Absolutely not. But, like, if you ask a football fan in 2003 who are the top five coaches, Jeff Fisher is one of them. And yeah. That, that Titans team was legit. But we had two MVPs in 2003. 
Steve McNair, he went 10-4 and four as a starter. 3,200 passing yards, 24 touchdowns, 7 picks. Kind of sounds like what Lamar Jackson does. Lamar Jackson had 24 yeah. touchdowns and 7 picks this year. He didn't have the rushing. that like He only yeah. had like 200 yards rushing and 4 touchdowns. Lamar had a lot more than that. Like, <laughs> oh, different league back then. But you know what? Like, if you go back, it's kind of funny. The pace of play is just so different. The 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 amount of plays that team like you talk about college football, the amount of plays they can get off like in in quick succession. But even in the NFL nowadays, if you watch like an NFL game nowadays to an NFL game back then, you can get up from wherever you're watching in NFL. Like you have to keep watching because you're gonna miss something, and hey, it uh, might not be something good. But it's just it's just so much. It's one time. Back it's because then, they like, can hit you over the middle in that age. Like yeah, let's yeah. face it. Rodney guys, Harrison guys are getting up a little bit slower, and <laughs> Rodney Harrison's like if you throw it over the middle, Rodney Harrison's gonna find you. Yeah, like, Bo- well, yeah. that was before Bob Sanders, but yeah. And in today's game, I mean, and we'll talk about it when we do the previews for the conference championships. Is like really the only defense in the NFL right now where I feel like doesn't get picked on over the middle the 49ers yeah because they have fred warner who's like a unicorn yeah like and we saw it with jordan love in green bay like they they could hit outside all day yeah but when he tried to throw I'll it over the middle he didn't and like that's so unusual now but like every defense was able to do that back then mm-hmm. like because they could hit and all your linebackers were thumpers back then yeah because they were allowed to do that. Now they yeah. get 15 yard penalties. You, they completely took that out of the game. Um, but Peyton Manning also won MVP. That was his first MVP of five. He went 12 and four as a starter, 4,267 yards passing, 29 touchdowns, 10 picks, which I would actually say that might be the worst Peyton Manning MVP season. And that's a pretty damn good season. Yeah, it was a great. That's actually like what Baker Mayfield's numbers are this year. Yeah, I mean, um, that, that gives you a reflection of what the game looked like back then. And um, then the following year, what he did was yeah, out of this fo- world. He broke football. <laughs> yeah, he broke football, yeah. It was never <coughs> the same after 04. Yep, and then the, the last uh, little tidbit of the regular season I want to give you is the Seahawks make it to the playoffs. And they're the first the franchise. Yeah, the first fran the first franchise to do this since the merger, where they made it from two different conferences. Yeah, since in, the mergers, that's a good that's a good uh, little yeah. thing to include because you had yeah. the Browns and the Colts doing it. Yep, and Mike Holmgren got them there in '99. Uh, their last game at the Kingdom was against the Dolphins in the Wild Card. That's right, Marino's that's last right. playoff win. Uh, yeah, he led a late drive or something yep. like that, right? Yep, and that was the kingdom. That was the AFC wild card in '99, and then in uh, but in 2000, 2001, they missed the playoffs, and then in 2002, they go to the NFC, become NFC West. So like, when people say you know traditional NFC rivalries, and then they say 49ers Seahawks, we no, laugh. it's not the Rams <laughs> 49ers. I would even say, the funny thing is the Saints and 49ers probably had a longer rivalry. Than the Seahawks and the 49ers had. Yeah, because the they Saints used to play- came into the NFL in 1966. Yeah. And they, they were in the, West. the Western Division that yeah. from there until 2001. But there was a lot of kind of crazy, crazy stuff happening in 2003, is uh, kind of the theme. And I think that's what makes this game, uh, the 2003 AFC title game, 
interesting because these two were kind of the best teams from that season, I would say. I don't have their DVOAs in front of Do you have that? I do not have their DVOA. I know New England, their simple rating system, according to Pro Football Reference, they were fourth in the league. Um, Indianapolis might have been even better. Let me see what... Uh, but this, this Patriots team was certainly better than the 0-1. We can definitely say that. Oh, yes. Uh, it, Indianapolis was third in simple rating systems. So this yeah. was the third and fourth best teams in football, um, which sounds like, well, what's yeah. what's the big deal? I mean, it was a huge deal considering Indianapolis had just beaten Kansas City in the uh, yeah. in the round previous. Um, let me, let, do you know who was the other, the second best team in simple rating system? That season? Yeah. If you're going to say the Packers, you're going to piss me off, but it's not them. Um, it was. Uh, it was. It was Green Bay. Green Bay is a small that makes fourth no, and 20. Alexa, Alexa, off. Alexa, off. My Siri just went off, too. That's hilarious. What the so, hell? So, so basically... Fourth and twenty six, like I was over that because I'm like we weren't that good in 03. and now I'm like, <laughs> yeah, we were. We probably again. we probably beat Carolina in the NFC title. Yeah, that's awesome. Awesome, thank you. But uh, but speaking of the 2003 playoffs, like we had a crazy 03 regular season, but we also had some crazy storylines just in that playoff. Like, yeah, you mentioned it before the show. Best playoffs ever. Yeah, I mean, certainly. So I mean, go watch the NFL throwback video, guys. It's yeah. it was a great refresher for me there. About forty minutes long, but it's so yeah. good. Titans take revenge on Baltimore, and finally, yeah, kind of a low key like playoff rivalry is that like Titans mm-hmm. and Ravens because like twenty nineteen happened where the Ravens who are like were historically good in nineteen they lose, but like in. You know the 2003 game, the Titans beat the uh, beat the Ravens on the road in Baltimore. But in 2000, the Titans were like one of the league's best teams, and yeah, out the I think the block kick against Al Del Greco happened, mm-hmm. and the Ravens just completely shut down the Titans. And, yeah, and um and Eddie George short arming the ball right into Ray Lewis's hands. Yeah, and that that was what knocked them out. I, I think they lost only by a touchdown that day. Yeah, that was the best team the Ravens played. I mean, and oh, certainly. And they won the they won the central that year. I mean, the Ravens didn't even win their division. So yeah, yeah. So the uh, the Titans take revenge. That's the first game of the playoffs that year. That was the Saturday wild card game. Uh, the following Sunday, you have, and this is one of my favorite all time moments: is Matt Hasselbeck. <sighs> In overtime at the coin toss, we want the ball. We're going to score. <laughs> he told the entire country that. Can you imagine Twitter? Yes, yes. Like, Twitter nowadays would just oh, like that would, would be never, like that would oh, that would, he would never live it down. If if Dan Orlovsky was actually good, like that would be something he would do. Like, <laughs> yeah. but Dan Orlovsky was, was never good enough, enough to be like yeah, he he was never good enough to actually play in the no. playoffs, but. Anyway, that happens. Al Harris takes it, pick six. Packers move on. They play Philadelphia the following week. We'll get to that in a second. Best game in this playoffs was actually this game in the divisional round. 
Can you do you know the game I'm talking about? Um, uh, is it Steve Smith? Yes. Yeah. That how was many a great double? Game. How many double overtime games are you gonna get? Uh, I think even in the history of the NFL, there might be like five ever. Was it there like two, the 2012 Ravens against the Broncos was one? Yeah, there was like, the 1971 Christmas Day game with Kansas City and Miami. There was that yeah. game. And and That's back then, three. before oh, like and, now, and now double overtime is more feasible because number one, overtime's shorter. It used, it used to be 15 minutes. Now it's 10. Mm-hmm. And then number two... Like now they they don't do sudden death, but back yeah. then they did. So all you needed, if you got the ball first, all you needed was a field goal. It was a score. Yeah. yeah. Just kick a field goal. And you or, or even if you held the team to a three and out, you're getting the ball on their 40 or your own 40, I should say. And yeah. two passes, you're in field goal range. But the Panthers and Rams weren't able to score the entire quarter. So mm-hmm. first play of double overtime, Jake DeLome. Hits Steve Slant over the middle on a slant route. I think it was a slant. And yeah. Smith just breaks a tackle and takes it, I want to say like 40, 50 yards for a touchdown. Yeah. Daryl Johns, or not Daryl. Yeah. Moose was on the yeah. call. And like his excitement is one of the coolest things about that because he was just, you, you, as soon as Steve Smith caught it, you just hear uh, Moose go, oh, like he knew he was gone immediately. He probably just wanted to get out of St. Louis, but like the. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry to any listeners in St. Louis, but Steve Steve Smith though started to establish himself right then as a playoff killer, and yeah. you know this very well in the '05 yeah. playoffs. Steve Smith yes. destroyed Chicago, destroyed the Bears. Like Never and that, that that Bears defense was really good that season. Very so, good. Crazy, and of course, we're not even done yet. You know, is it is it really the NFL playoffs without the Packers just <laughs> losing in a crazy Choking fashion? Get away! <laughs> Green Bay has like a ten point lead in I think the second half. Philadelphia like gets it within three points, right? But it's it's pretty much the end of the game. Green Bay gets Philly down to fourth and twenty six, and so and like I want to say it's from like the Philly. 25 30 yards 25 yeah about I I remember the play vividly like in my mind I don't even have to go research it Green Bay plays really not very aggressively yeah they don't rush very many guys basically yeah McNabb hits Freddie Mitchell right over the middle gains 27 yards and do you know what it was a but he definitely had the first down but what I've always, every time I watch that play, I always have to laugh at the side judge who gave him a total extra yard. He like, he had forward progression that Freddie never even got. Like, I mean, it was going to be a first down anyways, but yeah, that, I mean, that was, I always think that was an egregious spot by that side judge. But Philly goes after that fourth and 26 is devastating, but Green Bay can still win the game. Philly goes down, kicks a field goal, forces overtime. Green Bay gets the ball. Brett Favre arm punts it. Arm punts, yeah. <laughs> I've never, like, you want to hear, like, the worst throw in the history of the NFL playoffs. Just find that throw. I don't know what he did, like, or what happened to his arm, 
but like he, it's like he got struck by lightning because like this <laughs> man he, he threw it and it just hovered forever and yeah. like it was quacking there wasn't on, a packer within 15 or 20 yards of this that dude ball. this thing was like quacking on the way down and he like, threw it to Brian Dawkins of all people. Yeah. <laughs> Brian Dawkins makes it. So Brian Dawkins is freaking out and like getting all the Philly fans. Like they're doing the fly, Eagles fly. <laughs> I'm pissed off. Right. They win. And the worst part is my mom worked for a company here uh, in South Carolina that had corporate season tickets, essentially. Like they were upper deck seats. They're nothing <laughs> fancy or anything. But she had like gotten two playoff package and part of it is that you got tickets to the wild card round but you also got the tickets to the championship game should carolina host the nfc title game and as a kid i'm like if we beat philly green bay's going to carolina for the nfc championship and like yeah you're gonna go see them at that (laughs) point in my life like i missed the packers super bowl run so like the best we had ever done is the divisional round at that point that i remembered no no of course and, like, I should have learned right then because like, it's just yeah. outside of 2010. I love 2010. I love that team. But every other year I've, like, been, nah, I know. It's something crazy. Now that you happen. know that they were the second best team in football in 2003. That makes it worse. Thank you. <laughs> but anyway, the whole season really led up to the game we're going to talk about tonight. Mm-hmm. Colts, Patriots. I'm going to let the home team start off. So we're going to do a breakdown of each team, kind of how they got here. These were the two best teams in football. You can say the Packers were the second best team yeah, in football, but that's not But the at case. this point of the season, you know, the first and second best teams in simple rate were gone. These were the last two. So no. the, these were the two best teams in football. I mean, if you ask the average football fan that year, Colts, Patriots, Yes, this is the game everybody. This was this was Allen Mahomes before Allen Mahomes. Exactly. You know, this is what everybody wanted. Yeah. Um so getting into New England, um as I'd kind of alluded to earlier, um people were kind of wondering after the O2 season was this team a kind of a flash in the pan. The O2 Patriots got a little bit more flack than maybe they deserved. Um, they were a top 10 team by most metrics. They had a little bit bad luck. They had a very porous run defense. But even still, they had a chance to make the playoffs the last game of the season. They beat Miami. Um, when Miami, all they had to do was win, and they'd be AFC East champions. Have they ever done that again since? <laughs> the la- Miami's oh. last division title was 08. Oh wait, but I was trying to have they ever lost a game where they would have been AFC East champions since then? Uh yeah. Two like weeks two ago. Two weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. Or three weeks ago, yeah. Yeah, three weeks ago now, yeah. Uh, the um, Dolphins are the tight team though, like when it's a big game. I'm just like that's if you're betting yeah. <laughs> just pick the other team. It's not that hard. Yeah. Like, like Oh, you mean to tell me Miami's going on the road somewhere in a playoff game? <laughs> Oh, I'm going to bet the Dolphins. Like, <laughs> You're an idiot. <laughs> that's literally like uh, Michael Lombardi does like a podcast where he – that's a St. Jude's bet. Like, just donate the money. <laughs> like, like, just – like, you're, you might as well just donate it to a good cause because you're not yeah. making your money back on no. betting on the Dolphins. But continue. So they had a very porous run defense. So when 03 rolled around – 
um, their entire um, um, MO for that offseason was to build back up their run defense, and they did. They traded for Ted Washington during the preseason. Ted Washington, who was a defensive tackle with the Bears, um, he and Keith Trailer were two behemoths that really opened the way for Brian Urlacher's first all-pro season in 2001. They just ate up blocks and let Urlacher run. So New England traded for Ted Washington. Um, and, of course, the Bears probably did nothing with the pick. I don't even know who they that, got from it. That was like an age, too, where we cared about, like, Big ass nose tackles, like yes, guys that played like a true, almost like a zero tech. We're like, if the guy could eat up the center and the two guards, then your linebackers could just play hell with the running backs. Um, they also they also signed, or excuse me, they also drafted Ty Warren in the first round, who was he probably didn't live up to maybe first round billing throughout his career, but he was a really serviceable defensive lineman for new England. Belichick guy. Yeah. Total Belichick pick. Um, Rodney Harrison, who was a safety, but he helped in run D and then they also signed another former bear Roosevelt Colvin. So they really re-upped that defense and that 2003 defense was incredible. Um, They were the second best or excuse me, uh, they were second best in points allowed, I believe, or maybe even the first best. Um, they were, or excuse me, points per drive, they were first best. They were second best in turnover percentage, second best in net yards per pass attempt. They were sixth in yards per carry allowed, so they really got better at stopping the run. Uh, the offense, as I'd said earlier, this is before Brady became the stat mongol that he became in the last 15 years of his career. Um, they were 20th in yards per play, but they didn't really, again, this was not an era of football where you needed to light up the scoreboard, you know, which sounds like, you know, uh, horrible to the young fans of nowadays that just want to see points. But this was a team that was built. This was a Belichick team. And this is why I always laugh. Like when people say that, well, Brady was the only reason Belichick won. No, the first three Super Bowls were all Belichick. You know, like the, they were, and even like the last three, he had a big part in those. But and, and people that get offended when people when you when you make that argument that like Brady really was a game manager, yeah, in the oh one oh three and oh four teams. By the way, he still has a case for the greatest quarterback of all time because he yes. won four so, more where he was really the MVP of those teams. Yeah, it's and, okay. And, and there's, Right, like, and he he'd probably tell you the same thing. Yeah, he was a young quarterback that came into his own. But like, and I'll—I don't want to go too far into my points, but Brady's career—it's it, really like a tale of like three careers. Almost, yes, where yeah. and the people don't understand that. So when you're like, when you try to say Brady was a game manager, and like he was in '01 and '03. And to lesser extent, 04, like he started to become more of a, you know, big time player. But like, st- like statistically speaking, in terms of like the value he brought to his team, like from a DVOA perspective, yeah. or just watching the game, like sometimes it's as simple as just understanding what you're seeing. Right. Pey- Peyton Manning was the valuable guy, but yeah. Brady was the winner. So, yes. Like, you can but, have both. It's possible, you know. Um, he was Jimmy Garoppolo. He was. Yeah. Jimmy Garoppolo got it done in bigger moments. Yeah. 
he was a stone cold killer. Brady was, and that was that was his number one. More than his arm, he was just a cerebral maniac. But I, so back to New England in '03. They had a rocky start to the season, if you remember. Week one in Buffalo. Uh, this is before you know this when the Bills were in the middle of their the, actually the beginning of their playoff streak drought. Well, not the very beginning, but it, they still had a long way to go before they saw January football. Um, New England had cut Lawyer Malloy, who had been a part of obviously the 2001 Super Bowl team, but also had been on the '96 team that had made the Super Bowl. I want to say um, he yep, was, was a stalwart. Green Bay. That's right. Uh, he was a stalwart on that defense, and he wouldn't take a pay cut. So Belichick cut him, and this was, I think, the last week of the preseason. So he said, "Oh, you're playing Buffalo on Sunday. I'll see you then." And he showed up. It's actually one of the cooler moments, like when you see him get announced. Like the people of Buffalo, like they they only knew him for like three days, but he was going crazy. And Buffalo absolutely annihilated New England that day. One of the best SI covers of all time. Rest in peace, Sports Illustrated, by the way. Yeah. But it's, uh, what is it? Who was it? Sam Adams? Sam Adams. Speaking of nose tackles and that age of football where, like, this 400-pound man recovers a fumble and runs it back for a touchdown. Like, yeah, just that was art. Yeah, it was was perfect. Yeah. Um, But after that 2-2 and start, um, New England went on to win 12 in a row. So they finished 14-2. and Um, And then they played Tennessee – in the divisional round of the playoffs, MVP Steve McNair. Uh, and they actually were kind of lucky to escape Tennessee. Drew Bennett dropped a fourth down pass with like a minute to go. Now, it was bitterly cold. I think it was like the coldest game in Patriots history. Um, probably the coldest game in Titans history too. But um, he dropped a fourth down pass. That was it. And New England took over the ball, probably needed out then, and – Set up the game with Indianapolis, their newfound rival. That was a that was a great game though. That divisional game. It was I, yes, it was. That was I think like the Saturday night game. So I th- yeah, that was a great divisional weekend because you had that Rams Panthers game. Was that the start off? That was Saturday afternoon. Yeah. 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 Peyton Manning going to Arrowhead uh, against the Chiefs mm-hmm. team. That was a lot of fun. It was a, a really good story. Um, I don't think anybody had no thought. Defense. No defense, but they were a fun Dick team to Vermeil's watch. last yeah. playoff team. And we'll get into them in a second. But, like, Dante Hall was, like, the Devin Hester before Devin mm-hmm. Hester. Uh, That's right. Well, I, I always like to say he was really, like, Brian Mitchell after Brian Mitchell. Because yes. Brian Mitchell was, like, the original, like, return artist. Uh, yeah. But anyway, like, what a, that was a fantastic weekend. But it showed you, like, two, I think, when you mentioned the Titans, and I, I just talked about the Chiefs and how they were so prolific on offense, there really was a class difference, I think, between the AFC and the NFC. Mm. Where I, I don't know, like Philly never felt great. They were just a really good team. Yeah. But, but like they would feel like the five seed in the AFC, and they were like the one seed all yeah. these years in the early. 2000s. Yeah, for a lot of years in a row. Yeah. So um, it was the, a, yeah, it was a weak conference for a few years. Yeah, but the AFC, like, it was, like, there was no guarantee that Indianapolis had to play on wildcard weekend, and Mm -hmm. the Patriots had to play co-MVP. 
in mm-hmm. the second in the second in, in their first playoff game. So there was no like they went easy through both. Right? Yeah, they went through both MVPs on their way to the Super Bowl, which is yeah. you know that that was no Mickey Mouse championship, like they call it nowadays. No, but uh, yeah. So the Patriots are like you know I I think th- that season was where I realized like this team's going to be a problem for a, a long time. I didn't mm-hmm. realize it was going to be. Um, what was that? Another sixteen years where they'd be a problem. Yeah, uh, it'd be the best team in the league. Essentially, they had two dynasties. Effectively, they had yeah. this early two thousands team, and then Belichick and Brady just decided to do it again in the mid twenty ten. Ten years later, yeah. yeah, and they were still like the AFC one seed half the time when they weren't winning Super Bowls. So yeah, the 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 rest of the AFC just caught up to them really. Yeah. You know, Pittsburgh got good again, and then Indianapolis figured it out. Yep. And, uh, yeah. So, going – I'll do the Indianapolis side. Uh, so, the, really, the, the Colts' approach, I felt, was a lot different than the Patriots. The The Patriots were a deeper team where they had a lot of really, really good players. But, like, you look back at – the early 2000s Patriots, you know, Brady's the first ballot hall of famer, but they were a lot of, they were a lot more glue guys per se. And I actually like that characteristic more for a true championship team. You know, I think the chiefs have a lot of championship qualities to them this year, because like, even though they don't have the, the stars, like they used to have, like they're still getting it done because they do the little things right now. And the Patriots were doing that. Like they were really good on special teams. The Colts approach, and it and it worked for them because they were, they won a lot of games, but like they were just really good at drafting Hall of Famers in the first <laughs> round. Like, and yeah. some some of it wasn't even Bill Polian. Like they drafted Marvin Harrison in 1996. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bill Polian wasn't even there. I think until '98. So yeah, I think but, that was Bill Tobin. Yeah. So and was, was, was Tobin the or one that Vince went off Tobin. on a? Was yes, Tobin, on Mel Kuyper. he went on Mel Kuyper, yeah, because yeah. his, uh, his neighbor knew more about the draft than Mel Kuyper did. <laughs> his mailman. <laughs> yeah, he, he drafted Marvin Harrison, so we got to give him some credit. Like, yeah, and he was right not to draft Trent Dilfer at the time. Yes. Trent so, Dilfer sucked. I think he drafted Marshall Falk instead of Dilfer. Was that, was, was that 95? Christ. Was that 95? Uh, I, I was it. it was either 95 or 94. Okay. Yeah, because I have the draft picks. So from 96, and I'm not even including Marshall Falk, which is kind of crazy because Marshall Falk is a Hall of Famer as well. Yeah. First round pick, 96, Marvin Harrison, Hall of Famer. First round pick, 97, Tariq Glenn, three-time Pro Bowler. In 98, paid Manning, enough said, Hall of Fame, first ballot. Undrafted free agent, Jeff Saturday. Pretty damn good. Yeah. First round pick, 99, Edron James. And I'll get to Edron James here in a little bit because that that guy was special. Second round pick, 99, Mike Peterson. He was an 11-year starter. He didn't do it all for the Colts, but he was a contributor. Number th- uh, The third round pick in, in uh, the 99 draft was Brandon Burlesworth. And the only reason I mentioned him is he actually died in a car accident after oh. he got drafted. But oh, he was shit. a famous, famous offensive lineman from Arkansas. Uh, there's okay. actually a couple movies about him because he was like a walk-on where like he was like this overweight high school kid and then like completely turned his entire life around and his entire like football career 
and became like an All-American. It's a really inspirational story that okay. he didn't contribute for the Colts because, you know, he passed away uh, before, unfortunately, obviously, in a tragic car accident. But he, uh, I, I just want to bring him up because really inspirational story, number one. Number two, one of the greatest college offensive linemen of all time. Like, so I think there's even a award named after him now. Okay. Uh, but 2001, Reggie Wayne, first round. I think he's a Hall of Famer. I don't think he's in yet, but he should. No, be. he's not. He, sure, like he only like stopped playing like four years ago. It seems like you might be right. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. he was. He was with New England still up until. Oh, I recently. forgot about that. I didn't that. know he was drafted. And all these guys end up with the Patriots for like one year. Like Demarius <laughs> yeah. Thomas was, uh, Reggie Wayne, like Chad Ochocinco. Oh, uh, oh it was only it was. 2014. Uh, so he's eligible no, now. I th- yeah, I thought wide receiver is a, a tricky ever. position though. Like you gotta really like have elite numbers to be first ballot. Like Terrell Owens wasn't even first ballot, and he's like a top five receiver yeah. statistically all time, easily. Um, so fourth round pick of the 2001 draft, Ryan Deem. He was a, a D. I can't remember how to pronounce his last name, but he was like a 10 year starter for them. First round pick, 2002, Dwight Franey, Hall of Famer. First round pick, 2003, Dallas Clark, multiple pro. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, probably five, six-time yeah, six pro bowl. He was really the first of the Iowa guys to be tight end you. He's the one that started that, I think. Yeah, um, he did. So Dallas Clark. So really, they build like this roster by just nailing all these first round picks. Like that's – That helps. I, I want to explain to people that that's not normal. Like being <laughs> this effective, especially at offensive talent, they built, I mean, they just drafted stud after stud after stud. And, you know, Dwight Freeney is one of the great edge rushers of all time. So they build a really, really competitive roster. Uh, but the tricky thing about the Colts, though, is it wasn't as easy. Like the Patriots, when they came on, they were just like a, you know, we're going to be start being good. We're going to win the Super Bowl basically in our first year of relevancy, which is what they did. Brady takes over. They go 11-5. and five, They win the Super Bowl. Uh, the Colts, it was a little bit of a growing pains type situation. Uh, so in 98, they suck. And Peyton Manning was not good. Uh, he's kind of the first, like, case study everybody tries to make. Like, when a player is bad – as a rookie, yeah. like so, when Bryce Young sucks in 2023, well, Peyton you know, Manning Peyton, threw 28 interceptions. <laughs> yeah, and sometimes that argument's fair. I think Trevor yeah. Lawrence, like, I think that argument applies. Like Trevor yeah. Lawrence has since shown some ability to play. Um, and Zach can, Wilson. <laughs> yeah, That's and like the other, I always laugh at that argument. It's like, or they could just be bad. <laughs> And yeah. they shouldn't have been drafted first or second overall. They Maybe could be Peyton Manning. They but. could be, but they're probably not. Yeah. So, anyway, Peyton Manning, not good as a rookie. Uh, but in 99, the team turns it around. And I think a lot of that has to do with the addition of Edron James. Uh, and a lot of offensive pieces kind of coming together. Uh, you know, their offensive line kind of gels. Uh, but Jim Mora... Leads this team to 13 and three. They win the AFC Central, they host a playoff game, but they lose to the Titans. So Peyton Manning, 0 for 1 in the playoffs. 
2000. They go down to Miami. And I was te- I was texting you about this game because I watched it at lunch today. And this Dolphins team... Dave Coached Wanstead, by Dave Weinstein. Dave, Dave Weinstein. <laughs> they won the AFC. So they, they not only beat Indianapolis to... Uh, beat Indianapolis for the right, you know, or just to advance in the playoffs. They beat them for the right to host the game because Indianapolis was a wild oh, yeah. card team playing because they right. were in the same division. That, that's right. I forgot. They were in the AFC East back then. This was right before the merger, two years before the merger, or the, not the merger, realignment. Realignment. So, because for those that don't know, in 2002, the Texans came in as the 32nd team. They wanted to basically even out the number of teams in the AFC and the NFC, 16 teams out. in each league. They send, the, they send the Seahawks to the NFC and put the Texans in the AFC. They drop the Texans in. And then they do four divisions each conference. It's even. It's more fair that way. Because at one point, there were more teams in the AFC than the NFC. Um, yeah, the AFC Central had like six teams in it. Yeah, there were, there were 16 <laughs> teams in the AFC. There were 15 in the NFC in 2000. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, not to get off topic. The Colts are a you know a wild card team, but they're talented, right? So I watched this game, and Edron James is just a dynamic player. I I want to say off the top of my head, I think he had 2,300 yards from scrimmage that year. They're, like they're just running at will, but they and they get a lead on on Miami. They're up fourteen nothing at the half, um, but Miami just kind of stays in the game. Indianapolis just stalls offensively. They get to like Miami's like side of the field, like around the 40, 45 yard line a couple of times and the drive stalls. And you have to think back then they're punting every single time that happens in today's football. That doesn't happen. Like if you get to midfield and it's fourth and three, you're going for it. Oh yeah. Like every single time, but no, they punt and Miami is just, they're brutal offensively. Like, Paul McGuire, who was doing color for the game, made this comment. He's basically saying Jay Feeler sucks without saying he sucks. Where he says, I can't believe that he doesn't have any more command of this offense because he keeps looking back at the sideline every single time. Like for direction. It's like it's the fourth quarter of a playoff game. You gotta have just yeah. you gotta make it happen. Like now or never, buddy. The, the guy that carries Miami back into this game, Lamar Smith, the Colts cannot stop him. They cannot start uh, stop a seven-year like journeyman running back. I can't say journeyman because I don't have Lamar Smith's resume off the top of my head, but like, not exactly like it's not like they're playing against you know Emmett Smith out there, right? It's Lamar Smith, and but anyway, he gets them down the field, gets them back in the game. Indianapolis has a chance to go up. I think it's 17-14. I think they have a chance to go up six. Vanderjet misses a field goal. No excuse, uh, no, excuse me. They have a chance to, I think, make it a 10-point game. And Vanderjet misses a field goal. Miami gets the ball back, goes down the field, and I think ties it. And then in wow. overtime, I think Vanderjet no, misses a field goal in overtime. I'm mixing it up. Vanderjet misses a field goal in overtime. Miami gets the ball back and then gets down the field and just no. methodically every third and five, Fiedler gets a six-yard pass. Like it, I, I had flashbacks. It, it reminded me of Tommy DeVito. I oh, like, just you would I, remember. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> like 
it, I was, it was like watching Linsanity, where I'm sitting there like, how is this guy going to win this game for the Dolphins? He's not, like, Jay Feeler's not good. I, like, I was amazed. Dave, and, and, like, it's not like Bill Parcells is over there. It's Dave Wanstead. Mm-hmm. But the point is, the Colts, they lose this game. It's a game that just, it would sting. And the thing that made it sting worse and I didn't realize this, Jim Mora went, was 0 for 6 in the playoffs. Never won a playoff game, but made it six times. Yeah, because he, he never won it anything in New, uh, New Orleans either. That's hard to do, though, because yeah. typically... That's the Marvin Lewis curse. Yeah, typically... I guess it if was you're, Jim Mora before. If you're not good enough to win a playoff game, you're probably not good enough to make the playoffs. It's like that kind of like correlation. Like, <laughs> yeah, you have gonna... to lock into it once. Hell, even Ron Rivera figured it out. Yeah. Like Ron Rivera got to the super he, he won a couple playoff games. Yeah. So I mean there Zach Taylor got to a Super Bowl, and I'm still not sure if Zach Taylor's actually good. And he has an all-time winning percentage in the playoffs. So we might figure out this year now that Brian Callahan's gonna be gone. Yeah. That's is he that's Bill Callahan's son, right? Yeah, and he's probably gonna bring Bill with him. I'm I'm really glad that the NFL doesn't promote nepotism. That's good. <laughs> no. <laughs> anyway, the Colts <clears throat> like so but the thing like the so Jim Moore already has that. Like they mentioned that after he loses this game, Jim Mora 0 for six in the playoffs. Oh no. But kind of the un the other conversation is uh oh. You know, Manning's going into year four. He's 0 for 2 in the playoffs. Yeah. 2001, disaster. They go 6 and 10. That's the press conference where he does playoffs. You talk about playoffs? (laughs) You kidding me? They suck. He gets fired. And the interesting thing I thought about this, it worked out for the Colts. They eventually win a Super Bowl in 06 against the Bears. And... Sorry, I just had to throw that in. But I have the NFC Championship pennant here. Oh, it's there you as go. Close to memorabilia as I have. Yeah. <laughs> but they hired Tony Dungy, who was also kind of a playoff failure. That was the whole reason yeah. he got fired from Tampa. From Tampa. Yeah. So the conversation around Manning is like, oh, I can't he really get got the shaft. Yeah, Tony Dungy got screwed because, in yeah. hindsight, the fact that this man got uh, he he got Tampa from like the Arizona Cardinals territory yeah. of the NFL, which is crap, right? Yeah, he got them to like they're contending, they're in the playoffs. Like they in '98, they lose in the divisional round to Green Bay, I think. Yes. In 99, they get to the championship game and nearly beat the greatest show on turf. Can you name their starting quarterback? Uh, I was going to say Kevin King. But Sean not, King. Uh, Sean King. Yes, Kevin Rookie King. Was Sean the King. They nearly win the game. Tony Dungy like pieces together just this all-time defense. Like I think it's a true debate between and we can maybe have another podcast between the 02 Bucks and the 2000 Ravens. But like this Bucks team mm-hmm. was awesome. And Tony Dungy was like the architect. They ran this Tampa 2. That was Tony Dungy's thing. Monty yep. Kiffin was underneath him. Like they just they just got after people, but they were just they were just so well coached, but they fire him because he never had success in the playoffs and they needed 
you know, somebody that would get them over the top. So that's why they went and traded for John Gruden. Mm-hmm. So Dungy's available. The Colts do the right thing. Good coach on the market. They go and get him. So in 02, Dungy leads them. I think they went 10 and 6 that season. I should have written that down. But they play the Jets wild card weekend. It goes really well for them. It doesn't. It's 41 nothing. So Peyton yeah. is now five years into his NFL career. No playoff wins. Think about that for a second, by the way. Yeah. If that happened today, like who was drafted five years ago? Well, that think about Caleb Williams. Like if he gets drafted number one yeah. overall for as much, uh, uh, you know, yeah. splendor there is about him, if he goes through his entire rookie contract and doesn't win a playoff game. Yep. Oh if, boy. Ca- if Caleb Williams gets drafted, if, if I told you right now, Caleb Williams is going to be number one overall, he's going to win an MVP. Yeah. But he's not going to win a playoff game in it during his rookie contract. Most people can think that's a failure. And then I would go like, yeah. but he's also the next Peyton Manning. Is that <laughs> yeah. a failure? Because it's <laughs> yeah. not. Peyton Manning's top five <coughs> all-time quarterback. Him. You got to be patient. It's not mm-hmm. just about and, – and I thought about this more and more. I'm like – the whole, and this is like the cowherd argument I always hear, because I always feel like it's him spouting the nonsense, but he's like, the key to winning in the NFL is you got to have a quarterback on a rookie deal. I'm like, yeah, because Mahomes has won two since he signed a big mm-hmm. contract. Yep. Uh, Tom Brady won like a billion. Yeah. Um, I think it's possible. To, totally I think you just possible. have to have a good quarterback. You just have to have the quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think doesn't the, the the like there's no outliers. It's just great quarterbacks. Yeah. Like it's like the, the 49ers are not in a advantageous position just because Brock Purdy's cheap. Right? Yeah. It if they play the Ravens, the Ravens have just as good of a chance to win that game. Yes. Because Brock, like if they win the game, it's because Brock Purdy's good. It's not because, like Brock Purdy's cheap. So that whole Absolutely. argument, I hate that. I hate the rookie quarterback argument. I think it's so overstated. These teams are good enough, if, and these GMs are good enough at finding ways around the salary cap and pushing their chips in when they need to. I think they're good enough right. at doing that. But anyway, so Peyton Manning, the narrative around him, playoff failure, no playoff wins, first five seasons. Not great. 2003. He wins co-MVP, so he's got something in his trophy case. He can finally, in year six, go, man, I won something. Think about that. Year six. And this was before Brady and Drew Brees and Aaron Rodgers played 20 seasons. So year six is like halfway through his career. And he finally has something to put up. Like for outside of his name. Outside of stats. Yeah. So, outside Manny, of coming in second in the Heisman. Yep. <laughs> and not winning a national championship. And then, uh, yeah. who was it? A T. Martin won it instead T. of him. Martin the so, next year. Like Peyton's a loser. He's branded this way. And anyway, so he's got to get the monkey off his back. He finally does it. They beat a, a Broncos team that had just gotten shellacked. Uh, the week yeah. before against Green Bay, they finally at least get a playoff win. Just, I think it's like 42-10 to 10 in the wild card. Destroyed them, yeah. He puts on this clinic in Kansas City, and that's where the conversation really got like, okay, 
Peyton's he's for real now. He's they didn't real. punt the ball. Yeah, in the first two playoff games. Yeah, I also think a lot of that had to do with Kansas City's defense was really that Kansas bad. City's defense was not good, and nor was Denver's. But yeah, to go through two playoff games, I, even like imagine if Mahomes did that. Yeah, has Mahomes done that? Yeah. Uh, I don't think so yet. I don't know. Jordan Love nearly did. Yeah. Because he did the first. They didn't punt until the fourth, I I think halfway through the fourth quarter of uh, San Francisco. And I don't think they punted against Dallas. So Jordan Love, Peyton Manning, same guy. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding. But But anyway, so the AFC Championship, I just gave you kind of a synopsis of the Colts. You did the the Patriots. I think the number one angle is you have an offensive-driven team with Peyton Manning, and you have a defense and special teams-driven team with the Patriots. Going, yeah, the, uh, a massive. The, I mean, the the huge matchup is without a doubt. Like as we said, this is before Brady became the stat mongol that he did become. This the big matchup everybody was looking forward to was Peyton Manning, the MVP, hasn't punted going against the best defense in football. In a snowy game in Foxborough. The first AFC championship in Gillette Stadium. Yeah, there's a few things that I like just in terms of the presentation uh, of this game. Um, number one, you got to love snow games. Um, yeah. Outside football, just or like it's just better. It's yeah. Like, I, like, there, you, and, uh, you and all your domes out there can shove it. Yeah. Kevin Warren, if you're listening to this. Put a retractable roof on the bit. Only, only cover it. Do it like what Miami does. Keep the fans <laughs> dry, but the players let them play in the elements. Yeah, and it may <laughs> it made me think too. Like it's a shame that the Patriots went to artificial turf. Like a co- a yeah, few years after this, because this like was like pit. it was gross. It's like you like, and your buddies, like you yeah. know, like I'm in Chicago here. You drive down the street and you see a bunch of twelve year olds playing in the the middle of the park and all that. They got mud up and down their clothes, and you're like, yeah. their moms are going to be pissed off. They won't even let them in the house. They're going to have to strip at the door so they don't track the mud through the house. Yeah, they. So like, it, it's <coughs> a, if you remember Tebow uh, uh, when he was in college for for Florida, he played against Florida State, and he got like oh, yeah. the paint all over him. The paint, yeah, it looked like blood. <laughs> yeah, it's like this kind of game. It it, it yeah. really like brings us back to like the Teddy Roosevelt roots of this game, where it's like we're preparing young men for war. Like it's yeah. the, and I, I I'm, I'm being sarcastic here, but like the, <laughs> I, I love cold weather, just bad. Like it's just it's football, man. I just mm-hmm. love it. So yeah, it's not basketball. We're not so not everything is supposed to be on a fast track. Yeah. I mean, how look at baseball. Like you know, and the the biggest baseball games of the year. I know baseball when it snows or it rains in October or any time of the year, they're not going to play. But in like baseball is a summer sport, but the biggest games of the year are played when it's 40 degrees out and you don't hear them saying, well, let's move it down to Texas. So, you know, everybody can have a shot to be warm. Like, fuck that. No, No. let them them play it. And I think the weather actually had a lot to do in this game, but I, the the first thing I'll say is like, I don't think it was an advantage for uh, for Tom Brady versus the Colts. I like I hate when people say, you know, it's an advantage for the for Buffalo to play against 
you know, this team because the weather no. sucks. I'm like, no, technically it's not because like you're playing on the same field with the same yeah, conditions. The same for everybody. It's how you respond. And I think that's the story of this game because like on paper, you look at the final score, it's 27 to 17, right? Patriots had control of the game, but, and, I, and I'll kind of get started with how the game's you know, first drive, Brady and the Pats, they get down, you know, they get the ball first and walk right down the field. Mm-hmm. But the first, one of the first things I noticed is I think it's like a second and five balls at the 45 yard line of the Patriots. So they're not quite the midfield yet. Brady takes a shot and Colts can't quite get their hands on it. So missed opportunity. They can't turn it over, right? What does Brady do usually? And we know this watching 20 years of him. If you give him a second chance, he's going to score a touchdown. And that's exactly yeah. what they do. They go down. I think it was uh, was it Givens that scored the touchdown? Yes, it was David Givens. So, you know, Givens, uh, Givens scores. Um, he scores the touchdown. And then on the following, um, uh, on the following drive, I'm thinking, you know, the Colts are responding here, and I think I, I talked yeah, they a little moving bit. the ball, and Edron James was the focal point of the offense. I thought, like, yeah. he was, you know, I mentioned he had a season in 2000 where he had 2,000 plus all purpose, which is kind of rare. It wasn't as rare back then as it is now. Yeah, but you know, the Colts drive right down the field, but Peyton gives them one. Yeah. Uh, Peyton, Peyton, um, like he couldn't have played worse in the first yeah. half. And well, I mean, like even the whole game. But I mean, um, the as me and you had talked about earlier, um, like the running game clearly was working for for New England or it's not New England, Indianapolis on that first drive. Edron James is picking up 10, 11 yards a pop. Um, but for whatever reason, they got away from that and they started forcing the ball down the field, um, which New England was only uh, I. Whenever Belichick in his career has gone up against prolific passing offenses, he will give you the ground game. He's done it before. Yep. He does not want to get beat through the air, and that was he. He gave. New England, he gave Indianapolis every chance to run the ball down their throat. And Indianapolis got, you know, uh, uh, what's the word I'm thinking of? He, he fucking baited him. Like, he really yeah, did. Yeah, he baited him. He, yeah. he switched and baited him. And, and, and so Manning forces one. Yep. And I think, I think with the way they were running it with James, and I think Dominic Rhodes actually had some, player, uh, some plays later in the game. I think yeah. they had stuck with it and just not force balls into coverage and let tip like where where New England really won this game was making the play on the ball defensively and so they they get that red zone interception that's just killer cuz that takes points off the board for the Colts. Mm-hmm. So think about it this way. They drop a Brady interception and then the Patriots get their own interception in the red zone. So it's 7 nothing. So it could it could have been 3 nothing Colts or 7 nothing Colts. Yeah. Like with a couple of bounces one way or the other. Yeah. Um Brady on the next drive throws another dropped interception. This is like the start of the second quarter. And so 
these drives took a while too. Like they go down the field, each of them take like six, seven minutes. So mm-hmm. like it's I like said, the pace of play was totally different yeah, back. It's then. like the second possession for the Patriots, and it's already the first few minutes <laughs> of the second quarter. Right. So I think too, those are the most nerve wracking games because, like, as a fan of watching them, because you don't get, you know, you don't get that many possessions. Yeah, you don't have you. You just don't feel the control of the game, and when you turn turn the ball over in that type of situation, you know if you turn if you throw an interception, and you're only getting six, seven, eight possessions. Yeah, I mean you're 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 not scoring on all of the rest of them. No, you might score on half of them. Yeah. So you, if you're giving away a possession like that, yeah, you know there. I think in a shootout, an interception doesn't matter as much because each team's going to get the they're going to get multiple yeah. chances to go for two, or they force their own turnover. Because if you're running more plays, the effect of a turnover doesn't mean as much. But this game, yeah. like this, the pace was really slow. Uh, but Brady, you know, he he throws a dropped in, another dropped interception. I don't think he played well in this game. But the the Patriot the Colts didn't make him pay for his mistakes. They kick a field goal. They go ten at that point. Yeah. Uh, underrated cold weather kicker Adam Benatari at it yeah. again. D- didn't even feel like it was a factor for him. No. Um, Peyton throws a pick. Uh, where Ty Law makes like this incredible diving play. Uh, this is it, like yeah, tw- and this is like the first of three picks for Ty Law. He was the best was player in this game. Oh, by uh, far, future Hall of Famer, uh, or mm-hmm. at the point he is, uh, he's in the Hall of Fame now. Um. And I, this wasn't the play, but I think later on in the game, I, like I could see it. Peyton made the like, and it's funny because I'm watching this 20 years after it happened. But like Peyton throws one pick to Ty Law, I think in the third quarter, where like he he overthrows like um, a running back, like uh, as he's you know I, I guess he's just trying to escape pressure. He throws it out to the back, but he overthrows him because I guess the ball might have been slippery. Yeah, overshoots the running back. Uh, I think it was Dominic Rhodes, and Ty Law makes this like acrobatic catch, and stays in bounds, turnover, and it's on the Colts side of the field. Mm-hmm. And I, like I even said, like, man, what the fuck? How did he do that? <laughs> and like the screen goes right to Peyton Manning, and he's got his arms up, going, "Man, how the fuck did he do that? Are you fucking kidding me?" What am I supposed to do here? Yeah, that's no. He had that look. Like I don't even think he was mad. He's just going like, yeah. Okay, that's, that's I, when you know it's not your day. I'm not going to win this game. Yeah, and that was the Patriots, and like it's so demoralizing if you're playing against that because it's like, oh yeah. And I I I, I used to because, and I think this was totally natural for people that were pulling against them because I remember I was pulling for Manning, and when I was watching yeah. this game, so the first thing you all and we say this about all these great teams is man so lucky i would say they made their own luck though because yeah the colts had their chances to be lucky too and they didn't seize it yeah and every single time there's a 50 50 ball that Peyton manning threw or even a, a 10 percent can a chance of catching it ty law would make it yeah and that's what made the patriots special it wasn't because and they got away from it later uh, in their later teams. Like, they went for more stars. Like, it's – I don't think it's a coincidence that they never won a Super Bowl with Randy Moss. 
or West Walker. No, like, it's not. Those teams that were more prolific offensively, they were more star driven. And, and even like the very late Patriot dynasty years, like the reason why we're, they were able to win with the stars is because Brady started taking less money. Not that he wasn't getting money from New England, but he wasn't taking it in his salary. But these teams like did little things that like they would flip a game where, you know, a tipped ball like with the Patriots, or like a, a tip ball. I called a fifty fifty ball on the, yeah. the Patriots defense would make it a seventy five twenty five for them. Yeah, and that's how you win these type of games and championship teams. Yeah, and uh, but the thing is that what I think like what may be mad, and I don't know why I was mad rewatching this game because I'm not a Colts fan. I don't really care. I admire the I admire the Patriots now in hindsight. Yeah. Like I didn't as a ten year old, but um, the Colts, you know, they had a chance to get back in the game. Like they get the they ball, did. they get the ball first, uh, first coming out of the second half, right? Well, well, even as bad as the first half went for New England, or, or excuse me, for Indianapolis, it was only fifteen to nothing at halftime. Yeah, you know, like I. When we rewatched, there uh, they Should didn't have, have like the, oh easily like they didn't have the NFL Today like halftime show or anything like that. Oh, but I would imagine that they would have been talking about well, if it was nowadays, they probably would be because now everything nowadays is so more magnified. Every single little play, um, and you have to cash in every single time. Back then, it was like take what you can get. Um, that was the, that was the, I don't know. That was just kind of the MO back then. That's how teams worked. But like, I'm sure Indianapolis, when they went into halftime, were saying, Hey, like, you know, we're getting the ball to start the second half. If we do what we're supposed to do, I mean, we're right back game. in it. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, and the only reason it was 15 and not 13 was because I forgot to mention this is they snapped a uh, they snapped the ball the over the punter's head and he had yeah. to kick it out back a bit, kick it out of the back of the end zone. Um, so you you had a lost possession and you gave them two free points. So yeah, it's a first half that really could not have gone worse for the Colts, yeah. and yet you're only down 15. It's only two scores, yeah. and first possession of the first, uh, second half they go down the field edger and, and actually just it. thinking about that that excuse me um that punt would have been their first punt in the playoffs and he didn't punt, <laughs> he didn't even punt. <laughs> so just i guess they're i mean they punted later but like that was, yeah they punted later they but went, like they, they uh, could still say hey say we haven't punted by halftime 10 quarters 10 quarters yeah at yeah. least back to whatever week 17 was. So, anyway, first possession, second half. Colts go down the field. They're running the ball. They're taking what Bill gives them. And in hindsight, just don't don't get cute. Just just take, yeah. just run it. Like it's there. Edron James is forcing missed tackles against this great Patriots defense. In terms of, they were great at tackling. They didn't make a lot of mistakes. But he, James, to me, was still like, I get it. Peyton Manning, first ballot Hall of Famer. Marvin Harrison, first ballot Hall of, I don't know if he was first ballot, but like he was, he's a Hall of Famer and he's probably getting even more hype now because he's got a son about to go in the league. Mm -hmm. So like, I know everybody remembers those guys, but like Edron James, I thought best player on the field. Like 
when he had the ball yeah. in his hands. And they give they give him the rock. He gets down the field. They they establish the run. I sound like such a meathead saying this, but it's true. They yeah. go down, and I think they make it an eight point game. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was I think now too. What would be interesting is like with today's football. If you're down, if you make it fifteen to six, do you go ahead and go for two? Or, yeah, I feel like the, today's the coaches down, would. The down fourteen thing is certainly, I'd I'd say so because um, oh, they were down fifteen. To, yeah, so if you but even like the down fourteen trick, like you know, it's the idea of like well, if you don't get. Or, well, yeah, let me just talk about it through being down 15. Eventually, you're going to have to go for two. You might as well get it out of the way. And if you don't get it, at least you know you're chasing two you scores time. now. Yeah. And you don't have to do it later. So, yeah. So, so in hindsight, that's another mistake that they make um, is they they go ahead and just kick the extra point. So they stayed down eight. It didn't end up mattering because this game was really never in doubt after that. Because on the But I think in game theory, you know, or you know, game management theory, you want to, I think from an analytics point of view, you probably do want to kick or you probably yeah. want to go for two. And I, I'm right. definitely, like, it's amazing to me that people still don't understand. Like, was it Michael Wilbon yesterday? Yeah. It was like, why are these teams? And I'm like, dude, it's a smart play. It's, when you're it down. is. Yeah. Yeah. If I, I mean, I, I he even came on the radio there today. I was working out. And I had to change the station because I was like, I can't listen to this idiot talk. Yeah, because if you're down 14, like I'd rather just win in regulation. The Packers won a game like that this year because of that. They beat the Saints that way. The Saints, yeah. I'm trying to think of the other team because there were two teams that won it that that had that situation happen, and they made the right call and won the game. Yeah. I can't remember the other team. Was it like a Monday night game? Was it Chargers? Yes, it might have been. Uh, Brandon Staley finally finally made a good decision. Wow, he he is oh he was always very analytically driven. You 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 could you could always say that about him. <laughs> I still won't like not to be too off topic, but I, the game they had against the Chiefs two years ago, where they had like eight fourth and ones, <laughs> and they couldn't get any of them. <laughs> that was uh, number one. Funny because it's the most Chargers thing to happen, but the fact that they stopped them—that's the most Chiefs shit to happen too. Like, <laughs> yeah. and then the Chiefs went in overtime. The Chiefs were not even close to better than the Chargers <laughs> that year. Like, it, like the Chargers were so much better in that game. I'm thinking like Herbert is walking down the field on these guys. He is like having, but they couldn't score. And then just Kelsey wins it, I guess, in overtime. Yeah, in overtime. Yeah. That was a stupid game. That was the epitome of like Thursday night football. But I'm like, that's also the epitome of like Andy Reid going against Brandon Staley. Yeah, he's always gonna win that game. Yeah, always, and it's it's hilarious to watch. Um, but anyway, uh, Colts get a Colts get a touchdown to make it a one score game. Um, but next drive, Antoine Smith, huge run, and the Patriots are just kind of surgical at this point, like. Every you know third down and four, Brady's hitting his guy, and it yeah, it kind of reminds you of what he did his entire career. It's just like it's yes. not sexy, but holy crap, that's frustrating. Like I was yeah. getting mad, and this game happened twenty years ago. Yeah, well, you 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 kind of feel the flow of the game when you rewatch it like that. You just 
you you, you almost know like it's yeah like, obviously yeah, you know the ending one one stop one stop that's it that's all we're asking yeah. and but you know Brady that was the other thing when he went up against great pass rushers you know Robert Mathis Dwight Freeney Brady was great at getting rid of the ball like that they didn't have time to get back to him yeah. because that ball as soon as he hit his back step was out yeah and I think this it's becoming a little more unusual now because like the NFL is starting to go more towards the guys that like to buy time uh, type yeah. players. You do see it like there's, you know, the system quarterbacks, quote unquote, are like Tua and Brock Purdy. Those are the guys that like they're going to get rid of it so fast. Incre- yeah, incredible release time. Yeah, especially Tua, like. That's to his best asset is yeah. how quick he gets rid of the ball. Yeah, you can't like you can't really sack Tua because he's and the other thing is his receivers are getting open so fast. But like, yeah, Brady was doing. I think he was. I, it almost felt like a little early for his time the way he was running that. Um, yeah, you still had a lot of like really strong armed guys back yeah. then that were just. Hawking the ball, and that wasn't him. Ever. And I, and I think like us as fans and and people in the media that evaluated this stuff, like I think at the time you kind of underrate because it's not sexy and it's not like you know in the 1990s we're used to like Brett Favre, mm-hmm. and, you know, Elway, Elway, and Marino in the early 90s, right? These strong armed, yeah. like super talented, like unicorns essentially or they're like michael vick or randall cunningham even donovan mcnabb got a lot of hype um yeah like these guys are physical talents brady had none of that like yeah he he was a six-round pick and he looked like a six-round pick physically like not impressive everybody's seen the combine video of the guy running yeah (laughs) but if it's third and four I'm more confident in him than anybody else. Anybody, like, yeah. And that's what they did. They just managed their – like, they won that game just by getting in third and fours. Brady would make a completion. And I, I feel like he was really going after Givens uh, the entire game. Um, yeah. Just every – I feel like he was targeting him on a lot of these big conversions. Was Dion Branch – I guess he wouldn't have been that you – know, Dion Branch was on that a, team. He was on that team, but I guess he wouldn't have been that, um, like being a small, speedy guy. That wasn't the day for him. No, you know, no. I'm yeah. slow track and all that stuff. I mean, to be honest with you, Brady's only like big downfield throws are like the plays where I just said where I thought they should have been intercepted. Yeah, so, and the Colts didn't really learn that lesson with Peyton, where. They were still trying to run the stuff that they run in the RCA dome, and it's like right. I, and part of me wanted to scream at the, at the TV, telling Tony Junji's like, "It's, it's not working. You're playing in a snow globe. Like <laughs> yeah. you're, you're not in the RCA dome. You're not playing on astroturf." And that was back yeah. when like, astroturf was like basically carpet, carpet over concrete. <laughs> yeah. There was like that looked awful to play on. By the way, like, oh. Uh, that, I do you know what like I've kind of realized recently? I can't believe how long it still lasted. For whatever reason, I thought all AstroTurf was gone after two thousand one, until recently when no, I like, like the Colts had it. The Colts had it till like oh four. 
Yeah. And then I think the Lions were like the first team that brought in the field turf. When well, the yeah, field the Lions are the first team. And I remember the, the, when the Bears played down in Champaign-Urbana uh, in 2002, they they were on um, artificial turf that year. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so, like, but, like, for the Patriots, know your environment. Or for the Colts, like, they didn't really, like, get what environment they were in. They just kind of ran yeah. their stuff and, like, and the only time they really, like, decided to kind of play in their conditions, they walked right down the field and scored a touchdown. So that that yeah. was – if I'm a Colts fan, like, I'm a little irritated because I think if they play their game or, like, not – if they if they adapt better in the conditions like the Patriots did, they probably win the game. And then you mentioned the fourth quarter, uh, and I kind of agree with you. The Colts just didn't play yeah. – yeah, you know, um, again, after all that, um, New England was – or Indianapolis was still in the game. Indianapolis um, made a great game-saving play. Like, New England was about to walk away with the game early in the fourth quarter, and Walt Harris, another former Bear, had an interception in the end zone and kept Indianapolis in the game. So they're down two touchdowns. Again, as we said, um, you know, the – the Patriots were inviting them to run. Uh, and instead of running, um, the Colts started just going through like kind of a quicker, shorter pass game. But man, they took a long time. They took a really long time. The first possession they had in the fourth quarter, they took over with 1328. Now they're down two touchdowns. Um, it took them five minutes to just get to the 30 yard line of, or excuse me, the 26-yard line of um, New England. And then there was a play there, or 27-yard line about. There was a play there. It's just funny how different the NFL is now versus then. Um, Peyton Manning threw a pass to um, to Reggie Wayne. It was like a perfect, it looked like maybe, um, I don't know if New England was in a, they must have been like in a cover too because there was a little pocket behind the corner in front of the safety. And Manning lofted one to Reggie Wayne, and he did drop it. Now, I kind of wonder if he did lead him into this, but Reggie Wayne took a massive head-to-head hit. No call. <laughs> it was like, I, I mean, different he, era. if he catches it, different era. If he catches it, he's it's a first down. But if it's today, even if he doesn't catch it, uh, you know, hit, uh, unnecessary roughness, hit on a defenseless receiver, half the distance to the goal. Yeah. Now New England's inside the fifth, or not New England, Indianapolis is inside the 15. Yeah. I mean, it plays may, later. It really does. I mean, the, ga- the game is completely different because, like you said, oh. if, if they get a free 15 yards or they're half the distance to the goal and they get an extension, I mean, they cut yeah. it to one score, they get a stop. Suddenly it's like they have it's, a chance to it's win. It's a new game. Like, yes. So, um, they, and, and that then, makes me appreciate that the O three era more because when you like, and I, I, I'm not against like player safety and all that. Like yes, I get why, right. you, you, why you have these rules in place. Like head hunting should not be a part of the game. Uh, yeah. Like, you want the players to be healthy. I'm for that. What I do miss is like where a touchdown feels earned because now, yes. And like my least favorite rules, pass interference in the NFL. I think that's the dumbest thing where they get it's, it's ruined. The the like the spot of the it was like this in 03, but like the spot of the foul yeah. 
on pass interference is like the dumbest rule in sports. All you have to do nowadays, like if you if your receiver is smart enough, the quarterback just needs to throw the ball in the vicinity and raise your arms, like and raise your arms and try to fight back through the ball, and you're going to get the call. Yeah, Travis you know, Kelsey's it's, it's really that good simple. At that. Oh, he's very good it, yeah. when he's never not wide open. Hey, um, and, get, and I'm not blaming the player. I'm I'm blaming the game, like in terms of that. Yeah, like, but I think overall, this game to me. It was one of Belichick's best. His team was better yeah. prepared. It seized their opportunities. I think they won the line of scrimmage. They adapted the conditions. It was a master class. And yeah. it also shaped the, I want to say, the narrative around Peyton Manning against Tom Brady. Yes. Because remember, I like I said, going into that season, Manning was you know, 0 for 5, or I guess it's technically 0 for, 0 for 3, and but no playoff wins in five seasons. And in yeah. year six, he finally wins, but he still loses to Brady. And then Brady's on his way to his second Super Bowl, and he's about to win his second. So, yeah. and then that's where the debate really started, Brady versus Manning. And then that's like pretty much the most annoying debate that we had outside of Kobe versus LeBron or LeBron versus Michael Jordan. And yeah, we, we and we're not going to go into that. Everybody's yeah, we, heard that. It wasn't, we never will. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you can turn on first take if you want to listen yeah, to that, but like, please. And, and I think that the other thing, my biggest takeaway is number one, Peyton Manning had a great career. Um, I think he's top five all time. Uh, the MVPs mm-hmm. speak Certainly. for themselves. He he won mul- multiple Super Bowls. He got to three. Um, I also think there's something to be said for him turning around a complete dumpster fire of a franchise and making them relevant for 15 years. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like I said, I think my biggest takeaway on the Colts side of things is, and, and, and this speaks to the modern game, is... You have to be patient, man. Like I, you do. How many times are we just gonna be? Uh, there's like, McVeigh just punts Jared Goff like at the end of his rookie deal, even though he had, yeah. he had had more playoff success than Peyton Manning. Like, yeah, and, or Stafford, who's come in since. Yeah. I mean, I know Stafford won the Super Bowl, but yeah, with him, but he. Yeah. I mean, That's just an example. Goff had, yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and, and you're good. So, well, just even to add on what my, what I take away from Indianapolis and you, you see it, what, what happened with Buffalo the other night, certain teams just don't seem like they're ready sometimes or they never will be. No. Indianapolis did not give off the team. They were a great team in 03. There's no doubt about it. Like they, I mean, unbelievable offense. They were on fire in the playoffs. That was that game was looked forward to for a reason. It didn't live up to its billing, yeah. Obviously, but Indianapolis didn't look like they were ready for a Super Bowl. They in had 2003. To, they to win a Super Bowl for them, they had to do one of two things. They had to become a physically tougher team and like a bad a better bad weather team. Yeah. Or just be so damn good in the regular season that they, they get. They get home. Kind of did both. Yeah. They, did, they tried the the first route, 
yeah. in the 2000, what was it, the 2005 season, but they Five lost to season. Pittsburgh. Yeah. So that didn't work. But in finally in 06, they ended up winning the Super Bowl, and they actually went on the road uh, to Baltimore mm-hmm. uh, for the divisional round, but they hosted Beat a very tough team. Yeah. And I think and, the and then, yeah, then they slayed the dragon in the AFC championship. Yeah. And and they slayed the dragon, but the way they did it, they came back. And I think what I thought the difference was is I, to me, by the 06 team, they were uh, not as talented, honestly. Like they didn't, they didn't have like as much. Like at least well, from Marvin the, Harrison was older. Yeah. yeah, Marvin Harrison was ten years into his career at this point. But so like, they they weren't to me as. I, they they had a lot of names, but I, I would say they weren't as uh, like from a DVOA standpoint, they weren't as great. Yeah, right. But what they were is like they just kind of were resilient, and, and I thought that was a really great coaching job by Dungey. Um, yes. So, all in all, I think. But my biggest takeaway, like I said, is like people that want to label, you know, Dak Prescott, who's going into year eight now um Mm -hmm. not saying Dak I would rank I'm not saying I would rank Dak top five like um Justin Herbert Mm -hmm. Tua like Justin Fields no I'm joking (laughs) I mean there there is an argument there yes but it's gotta have you gotta have some parameter of like success in the regular season right yeah because I think Peyton Manning showed he was obviously very good in his first five, yeah. six seasons. Yeah, he had two MVPs a, before he won a Super Bowl. But he didn't have a lot of success. And the one time he made the AFC Championship game, he went uh, one touchdown, four picks, 35.5 passer rating. So, And then his, yeah. his big rival was on his way to winning his second title in three years. Yeah. And and, did it, and then he beat him again the next year. So I think that's the biggest takeaway. I think is you got to learn to be patient. But uh, yeah. anyway, that's that's Colts Patriots 2003 AFC Championship game. Last uh, last segment uh, before we head out, we'll just do our uh, AFC and NFC title game picks. Should take only a couple of minutes. Starting out AFC. Championship, that's that's the first one, right? It's the AFC goes. Yes, yeah, they start off first this year. So, Chiefs at the Ravens, Baltimore hosting their first AFC title game, which kind of blew my mind because they're like a pretty wild. Yeah, they're a regular. They would have hosted in 06. Yeah, had they had um, nineteen and in nineteen. Yeah, it was. It was only the second time they've ever had home field advantage in the in the playoffs. So yeah. That's saying something. So, who do you have one in? I like Baltimore just because. I mean, I, I I think Baltimore wins, but I don't like if you're betting on it. I like I don't think Kansas City is going to get blown out in this game. I think no. this is going to be one of those games where Kansas City is going to give them every punch. They're going to be. I think Kansas City is going to look like the better coach team, but I think Baltimore is the. I just I can't I can't pick against a team that historically speaking is like 
number what are they number four number five all time yeah and way to dvoa they're like up there with the 85 bears and and the 96 packers by this point of the season so those teams especially at home i'm not picking against i'm not picking against baltimore here yeah um baltimore by every metric is is, I mean, we're talking all-time great football team right now, and they beat another all-time great football team earlier this year in San Francisco. Yeah. And by a large margin. By a large margin in their house. I, I'm I, going Kansas City. My, You're going Kansas City, though. I am going to go Kansas City. Uh, oh, God. The reason being, yes, it's going to be a massive. I think it's somebody close. Floated, I think it's going to be close, yes, either way. Three weeks ago, I would have said Baltimore's waltzing to the Super Bowl. Even even Saturday, I would have said Baltimore's waltzing to the Super Bowl. But it's Mahomes. But it's Mahomes. And do you know what? Kansas City, over the last two weeks, looks a lot better than they did a month ago. It's because they're getting the ball to Kelsey again. They're, they're getting the ball to Kelsey. Rache Rice is looking – they're um, – they have a good Clyde Edwards Hilaire is actually running the ball okay. He's a good spell for Pacheco. And that defense is fantastic. I think Steve Spagnolo is gonna have you're not gonna stop Lamar Jackson, but I think he's gonna contain him. Lamar had his best game ever in the playoffs the other day. I don't know if he's gonna have a game as good as that again. I think he would need to play as good next week or on Sunday. I think Kansas City wins what will happen. Because like, I did this for the Packers 49er games. I was like, a few things have to happen for Green Bay to pull off this upset. Which, what's the line of this Ravens-Chiefs game, by the way? Um, Can't be more than like four and a half. So, Ravens are a favorite, but not a heavy favorite. So, yeah. I think for this game, I think it's going gonna, it's gonna to come down to Kansas City. Can they get like a tipped pass? For an interception. Yeah. Can they, or will Baltimore miss a kick? I mean, Buffalo probably wins that game if... Three and a half to Baltimore. Buffalo probably beats them if a couple of bounces... Well, then again, I, I say that, but Buffalo had a lot of bounces go their way, and they still didn't win, so... And Kansas City, um, <laughs> as close as the score was, and as close as, you know, missing a kick with a minute to go, Kansas City had three yards more per play than... Buffalo did like Kansas City really controlled that game you know you fumble at the two yard line into the end zone um and then they didn't take advantage of that soft PI call uh usually that's like a death nail you give Kansas City an extra chance like that and they're not gonna let you but Kansas City let Buffalo hang around the other night um I still think Buffalo played well, but not you know not to take away from what's going on this Sunday. But yeah, I I just it's hard. Um, I know it's not like I have to see Mahomes lose because he has lost. He lost the Super Bowl. He lost the AFC title twice. Um, but it's it's still hard to picture it. Um, I think Kansas City, or I think yeah, I'll say Kansas City by like a field goal, game winner. Yeah, I'm going Baltimore by a touchdown. Um, so I actually, I guess if talking about betting, would I, would, I would think they would cover the game. I just think Baltimore is so good. I, and I think if they weren't, I think they were, if they were just an average one seed, I, I would pick Kansas City to win this game. 
but Baltimore just they kind of fit the profile of a team that like I think they waltz, should waltzes to the Super Bowl. So I'm just gonna and, go and, and if if we are people that want that in our and we should be we people should want that like a team that's the built that teams. good that we want the best teams to win. It should be Baltimore. Okay, Kirk Herbstreit. It's only about the best teams getting in. It's like, what do you well, think Florida State could be? <laughs> by the way, I hate. I, it's about having the four best teams. It's like, well, I mean, you could also make the argument where I think Michigan's Georgia. the best team. Why don't we just not have a playoff? And we just <laughs> yeah, just give it to them now. Yeah. they could have anyways. I mean, yeah. play, uh, to me, a playoff is about. Like it's you earn a spot to, for the chance to play for a champ, but I, I don't want to get off topic. So I'm taking Ravens. You're taking Chiefs. Yeah. NFC title game. I've thought about this one a lot. I feel really good about it. Yeah, 49ers. Storybook comes to an end. I'm sorry. Like yeah, Detroit, I, it's I think been it's, cute. I actually think San Francisco might throttle them. I think it, yeah, I think it's gonna be like 31 to 10. Um, I think it's like 1991 all over again when Detroit, the last time they were in the NFC title game and they played Washington, they had, you know, everybody was behind them because they beat Dallas. They destroyed Dallas in the divisional playoffs. And then Washington, I think Washington scored on the first play of the game. I think Detroit lost the the NFC when um, Anders Carlson missed his field goal because I don't think Green Bay would have beat Detroit. Uh, on the road, yeah, would have been very hard. Yeah, they would have gotten us. They would have gotten Green Bay at home, and then number two, Green Bay was probably one of the worst matchups for San Francisco. I thought more about this this week uh, yeah. after the game because Green Bay has a lot of talent outside the numbers. Uh, they have mm-hmm. probably four capable receivers. I mean, obviously Watson, Dobbs, like Jaden Reed. Melton, they and the, even their tight ends can can get out wide and make problems on the perimeter for, for San Francisco. Detroit's strength, like in the passing game, is Laporta. I really think it's Laporta as their difference maker. Like, yeah, Saint Brown's great. He's an accumulator of stats. Yeah, but I mean Laporta to me is the X factor for that team, and I think he's a comfort zone type player for Goff. They're yeah. gonna take. They're gonna take Laporta away, and like no, and that's so hard to say because he's so good. But if mm-hmm. there's one team that's gonna take him out of the game, it's this team. It's Fred Warner yes. is the best cover linebacker in the league. It's a horrible matchup for for Detroit. I I think San Francisco wins thirty one to ten. And the other thing is Brock Purdy played like shit last week. Just not a good like Shanahan. Not a good game from him. Uh, in terms mm-hmm. of game management, I don't think they're going to let that happen twice either. I don't think so either. I think I think inter- if somebody was going to get San Francisco, it was last week. Green Bay had a shot; they didn't quite get it done. San Francisco rolls, uh, I think, over Detroit, thirty-one to ten. Yeah, I'm going to take San Francisco. I'd say by two touchdowns. Uh, two touchdowns never seems like it's that much, but it's going to be a game where I think. There's not going to be any second guessing. Um, I think Kittle has a huge. If Debo plays, that's going to be even tougher for Detroit. But I think Kittle has a huge day. I think Debo will play. I mean, it's early in the week. We're doing this on Wednesday. They, I mean, Tuesday. It's Tuesday. My bad. 
we're we're releasing this on Wednesday, so we'll know the practice yes. reports by the time this is released. But I think Debo will play. Um, that would be my one hesitation with San Francisco is when Debo's not in the game. I think that makes problems for Purdy. Um, because really, really the way the 49ers offense is so good is they're so damn multiple. They can beat you at every level yeah. of the field. They can beat you out of the backfield. They can beat you in the middle. They can do it out wide. And then Debo can kind of do it everywhere. Um, he can be in the backfield. He can be in the slot. He can be out wide. He's just like they're, they're really their joker, I guess, uh, is how I would, I would label him. He's just everywhere. And right. uh, when he's not in the game, I think it, it becomes a, you can account for all of them. But when he's in the game, it's just too damn much. Like it, You have yeah. to have – I, I think the one team that can probably figure out how to stop that or at least to contain that is – Baltimore, probably. Yeah. So, and that's the matchup I'm hoping for. I think that would be a really – that would be one of the best Super Bowls of all time. Uh, Certainly. Easily. So that's what we're hoping for because I think if Detroit were to win and Baltimore wins, then Detroit would be like, oh, it'll be brutal. And actually, Kansas City getting a second knock at Detroit. That's the one thing, though, is like, because you give Mahomes and Andy Reid two weeks. Yeah. And and you can't take away the freaking luck factor for the Chiefs. Like, there's just something about, yeah. like, they just it's they that hang T around. Swift witchcraft. Didn't you hear about it? Yeah. Well, you know the <laughs> NFL scripted, right?